We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. This week joined uh, in limited numbers by Ben Wade and Andy Bollins. Hello, lads. Uh, I have Mike Crean on the phone. Hello, Mike. Hello, lads. How's it I not so bad. Um, shite. Ben, uh, shite. Ben, shite. <laughs> We're sat in here at Seaton Delver with the hats and the hoods on. Oh, it's pretty bold. Don't, 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 open in minus don't come this far <laughs> north normally. Um, I, Sydney Castle, got absolutely humped at Chelsea. Uh, this is the new positive TF Weekly Pod because we've got a review, four or five stars, which we appreciate on iTunes saying we'll have to be more positive. And I did say we'll try and be more positive. So who wants to start with the positivity? Bollins. Um well, where to begin? Uh, so No 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 I'm after some actual positivity. Oh. Not your points about what we could talk about. Is there anything positive to talk about? Just so we're gonna appease the people who think we're negative. Uh, we scored. We scored, get in. <laughs> some girl as well. Um, right. Have to question Quartal's position, but you know, let's not ruin it. I'm trying to think of things that England beat Italy. Yeah, the top well, top of the it made me feel no better about I this situation. One good bit of news, New True Faith Out, see what I did there. Yeah. <laughs> new True Faith Out, uh, ready to download now, free of charge, loads of potter in it, as usual. If you're a Newcastle United fan and you can read, unlike some of the lads who do this podcast's tragedy, um, get get on it, it's on truefaith.co.uk. There's loads of links, follow us on Twitter, at TF Weekly Pod. There is a lot of stuff in it, which is very good. Uh, if you don't believe me and think we're biased because we're a True Faith Weekly Podcast, then read it and find out. So... Uh, Bolland, that's the positivity out of the way. So Newcastle got beat 5 1 to Chelsea. Talk us through it. Uh, well, I think it was just pretty grim from the, the word go, wasn't it? I think it was, was it three minutes in that we conceded. Yeah. It wasn't great. And immediately, I think just about every Newcastle fan, apart from Doggers, calls for Aaron to play, play at left back, <laughs> went straight out of the window with uh, William absolutely having his pants down on uh, quite a few occasions. Um, in the spirit of being positive I think it was positive that McLaren gave him a chance and I think most Newcastle fans wanted him to get that chance however in hindsight it was a terrible terrible idea um, it couldn't have gone much worse I think he was at fault for at least two of the goals um, no three uh, yeah it was just pretty grim I just I can't believe that we went away to Chelsea Okay, they've had a nightmare season, but they've got players that won the title last season. They're still in the Champions League, and we've we've gone and just basically given the the back four absolutely no protection whatsoever. No, it was... like what are they playing? Like you've got a, a rookie left back who's not even a left back, and you've you've put Andros, Andros Townsend on the left. Have just told him to just attack, and they've completely left left him just isolated against. Three of the best counter-attacking players in, in the league, in Pedro, Hazard and William. It's no surprise we've got, got absolutely torn apart. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of Sissoko, but for everyone who hates Sissoko, this was the, the game they've been, yeah. dream, they've been dreaming of. <laughs> Since he's been playing reasonably well, there's been people waiting for him to have this game it's, where he was just he was useless. It's getting to the point like, where I'm thinking just drop him and Wijnaldum for the next away game. What's the point in playing? Yeah, but then because they're the only two that make our goals, pretty much. Like, but we don't what what goals? We didn't true, create any true, goals. We haven't true. scored. We scored what? Was it six goals all season, Dogger? Seven. The start seven now. Yeah, after yeah. Townsend, and it's just like 
what they're not doing their job so what's the point of carrying players like that I'd rather just see we're tightening up and and be hard to beat rather than just the walk over that we are at the minute it's pathetic it was all over the pitch like Chelsea just I hate saying this but like Chelsea wanted it more like Pedro's was Pedro's first goal where it's just a long ball up and Steven Taylor's just like completely fluffed it but Pedro's like that, that run he's made from so deep like they just they just wanted it like but he can do that because the midfield aren't looking to track runners it's just the mindset was wrong and the formation was wrong like again we've gone with Wijnaldum playing in that stupid like number 10 role again um, where he's just there's no point in that in that position in this team like whatsoever like Steve McLaren coming out beforehand saying oh yeah the first tournament's going to be key um, we're going to real go and have a real attack on them and have a go at them. Like you've got to be able to do the basics first. Set a platform for the attack on your country. Go and attack a team like Chelsea. Like giving them, if giving them the gift. If that's even what we did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but it's literally that is the, the dream thing for Chelsea. A team like Chelsea to hear low on confidence. You've got a shite Newcastle team coming up, like awful, can't defend, and they're going to come and have a go at you and leave you one on one with their back, the, the wingers and all. That. It's just what you're playing at. You're an idiot. Yeah, they just Chelsea. I don't know. Chelsea have not been great, but they obviously saw that we were there for the taking. Like the, the second goal, where Aaron's gives the ball away, and Pedro's made a run from like deep inside their half, just gambling that someone in Newcastle's rubbish enough just to make a mistake like that. Like, it was just it was horrific. It's not really a gamble, is it? Hmm. Well, <laughs> a couple of things for me on what you have said. Yeah, I agree. You'll not find a bigger Mr. Sissoko fan than me. I've stuck up from. Uh, I think he's a really good football. I think he, uh, on his day, which yeah, isn't often enough. That there's very few better than him at what he does. But uh, his performance at Chelsea and at Everton—it's not just Chelsea. Is you could have you could have played a, a kid from the reserves, and he couldn't have done any worse than Sissoko did in those two games. When Yaldo was even worse than Sissoko, uh, I mean, what what you do with a player like when Yaldo away from home? I've I've no idea. Um, you drop him, yeah. You drop him. I mean, Perez to, for me would look better in that role away from home, or do you, or you probably just play another midfielder. Don't, don't play that role, yeah. yeah. You're you, you onto a hiding playing that. What like, brings me onto your point about attacking and formations? Honestly, think it doesn't care. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Under McLaren, he's such a bad manager. It doesn't matter. Play any formation you want to play as attacking as a defensive you want. It doesn't matter. A lot of crack on Twitter at the weekend from some not journalists, but you know these like in the know. Like bloggers, but who like work for like a, a website that we've all heard of or been on, saying that the players literally don't have any respect for McLaren or his coaching team, and that the performance, home performances against West Ham, West Brom, were absolutely nothing to do with them. I think that's probably a bit wide of the mark, but it, there's probably some truth in that. That the players are just like, what, what do you even want from us? Like we'll go to Crystal Palace. Part was the same before Crystal Palace would be done at Leicester three 0 at home. We'll go to Crystal Palace. All about playing on the front foot, all this shite. Get done five one. Get done at Man City. Same pattern before uh, five, six one at Man City. After saying we're going to go and have a go at them, which we did. Um, done six one, and then the same again before this week. Same. Oh, the fans of performance. Once you start saying things over and over again, no one takes any notice of it. I don't take any notice of what he says. I didn't much to begin with. So I thought it was very positive in the beginning. What do you think the players think? So he, obviously the players hear him in public, and you he presume he's, he's repeating that same message. He's going, "Oh, that's right." We're going to Chelsea, um, we're going to play on the front foot, and then we're 3-0 down after 70 minutes. What, Regardless of how bad the players were, and they were bad, there's just no way you can continue in that role. Just best keep your mouth shut, Steve. Say we need to improve, which he is, but he, he keeps saying we need, we need to sit down. We need to sit down. Or, I don't know about that, don't Steve. Sit down. I think you need to, to, Stand to, up. to go, because as Derby proved, the, the, he, he, he waited to be sacked by Derby, even though everyone knows he's coming to Newcastle. Everyone. And knew Derby didn't want them. He waited for the payout from Derby, and I think that's a kind of blow he is. Um, but yeah, I don't think formations, and I don't think tactics come into it in the McLaren away from home because Liverpool scored uh, as many goals at Vile Park on Sunday as we did in all the away games this season before Chelsea. Um, and that's that. That start alone, forget that's about got nothing else. to do. With it. That's just because Villa are absolutely awful. <laughs> don't deserve to be in the division. And Liverpool actually played well with like the best <laughs> the players best back. Players out. The best I'm players back. not a fan of McLaren and part of me is wondering what it's going to take for him to get sacked. However, these are all similar conversations that I'm sure we had under Pardew. Like, 
is there just something about like John Carver? I hate to bring him up, but like he's mentioned before, like the mentality of some of the players at that football club. And these are the sort of performances that have happened not only under McLaren, but they happened under Pardew and they happened under Carver. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's you. You got to put it. I mean, it's it is frustrating because it's I you you do get you end up repeating yourself as you said. The, the McLaren's make the same mistakes as Carver and Pardew, so it does make you wonder: is it just the players? And we know they're, they're weak, weak players. They're not. They've got no heart in them. That's why we've got the record in the derby. People always sort of point to that there's. There's no fight in that team, and there isn't because they go a goal down and the the, the game's gone. We've we've only come back from a goal down in one game, haven't we, to win? Yeah. In the last like thirty or forty games or something ridiculous. Spurs. Um, and it's just that that just shows you that players. I don't even think it's a confidence thing. I think it's just they they just they're beaten when they're they're down and they, they can't get back up. And there's too many players in that team that are just they're soft. So it's a soko. Just people. I mean, we sort of laugh about it when people get on his back at. Um, when, when he's sort of bottling 50-50s and things like that and obviously you get there he, he probably doesn't want to get half and obviously if he did it'd be an absolute nightmare but like put you put your foot in man when you're getting embarrassed like just just do something to sort of try and I'm not spark, spark, that. Spark I don't something. care I, mean, I, don't, I don't no, care no, but it's, I just wanted to pass the ball in a castle player nah or you've got to be not, you, can't, you can't be bottling off. like when there's a ball there to win you've got to win it because if you nick a ball from a say it's a right back you, you threw Sort of up the wing on it. it just, yeah. I think it just, it's just a set of precedent around the team that just you can get away with being absolutely rubbish and not really caring. Flip side of that, just to play devil's advocate, is first of all, Bond, you're right that we've had the same problems in the party with Carl McLaren. It's also some kind of advertisement for hiring a competent manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, but B, let's look, let's look at the other side of the coin. I don't think anyone or Sunderland fans have ever accused their midfield of being soft. Or being, you know, or, or letting players get away with Cottonwell and Larson and Rodwell and just shite cart horses like that. Yeah, they're still shit. I just think in the Premier League, it's a bit more than putting your foot in and showing that you're up for it. I'd much rather see quality from Sosovo, which has been hardly missing. Uh, you know, the amount of times he miscontrolled the ball against Everton and Chelsea. I mean, it, it was fucking raining. I know that, but this this is this is a guy who's one of the best twenty players in France. But that's yeah. my point: is he's he's not he's he's hot on it. He's not interested. You've got to be focused in. Hello, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have. You've got to be. You've got to be focused and on the ball to to come out and play your best. You can't be just half-heartedly going into things because then you're gonna. You're not gonna play your best, are you? Uh, what you said of like sticking his foot in, like that is one side of it. But the other side is he just needs to be in the mood for it. Do you know? Like he's yeah. the kind of player that could grab a game and turn it around for us. We've seen it before against Chelsea a few years ago. Like if he wants to, he can get on the ball and he can cause problems, but it just seems like... Me, me and Mingy have had this exact conversation on many a time and, and I, I disagree, but... Uh, no, but you, you can't argue with what how, how he's playing the last few weeks has been yeah, absolutely it's diabolical. Just, it's know, a disgrace. But I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it's just... It's not on his own. It's just a question of, of lack of effort. I it's happened too much. I don't think it's just a question of lack of effort. I think it's a lack of right. quality... Throughout the side, which is massive. But no, but that doesn't hit the quality throughout the side. Does not impact him being able to uh, do more than control a football, pass it to uh, someone five yards away. But he's not. Or take a man it on. would be different if we're sitting here thinking, "Fucking hell, Sissoko was shite," but everyone else was class. His performance was no worse than. It, Paul, it, uh, hang on, yeah. I need to give Townsend some credit. I thought Townsend was good. I was just about to say, so Townsend was the top side of it. But, wasn't but it? then, yeah, and I agree. If Sissoko had Townsend's confidence which is weird for Musa Sissoko constantly well his agent constantly talking about Champions League and he seems to be to have so little confidence especially with Yanmar behind him you've got Townsend with fucking no one behind him <laughs> like still bombing on I know I know McLaren did the thing which is to do me head in which Carver used to do which is oh shit uh, it's going badly but I switch the wings <laughs> but I switch the wings that'll that'll solve it which just, which just absolutely kills the fucking makeup of the side but what we'll, we'll have I say on Sissoko um I just want to make a brief point about McLaren getting sacked. Never, ever going to happen. Not going to happen by Lee Chong. We've said it before. It's Everyone listening to this, I'm sure, is well aware of it. That Lee Chong's fate lies with Steve McLaren. This is the guy, McLaren, who, yeah, he's been terrible this season. Six wins, six draws and something like, I don't know, 12, 11 defeats. <laughs> 12 defeats. More defeats. 13 defeats. Nothing um, to count. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's also indirectly responsible for last season's nine defeats in a row, three wins in 21 under Carver, because rather than the raft of managers out there available to try and interview or even get someone competent at the end of the season, they went for McLaren, 
twice they went for him at Derby twice and he said no both times he said no to this job both times and they still waited for him they still went nah McLaren is, is you know Mike Ashley in the, in the dark days of last season would have been thinking what the fuck's going on here lads we're going to get relegated you know it's like no nah, we'll not John Carr will sort out it'll be close but we'll, we'll be alright but why didn't you get someone in well because McLaren is the one you trust wait and see McLaren is the one that must have been the patter and obviously they came from a third time and he came so three times in the past 12 months when he was out on the job yeah they've tried to sign Steve McLaren three times I mean and there's just like we've talked on the podcast before there is absolutely nothing about Steve McLaren's top flight managerial career that suggested he would be good at this job nothing all of the statistics pointed to a guy who can't set up a team away from home at the top level of football and who generally just loses loads of football matches bar a good six months at Derby um, so there's there's no way if if McLaren goes, Charlie goes. There's just no way he's put too much time, and money, too much face into it. Too, you'd imagine too much. He's in, he's invested too much of his own opinion into the job. In that, yes, Steve McLaren is my man. Rather than thinking, well, I'll have an interview process and we'll pick the best candidate before he interviewed anyone, before he spoke to Steve McLaren. I'd imagine Steve McLaren was Lee Charlie's man, and now Lee Charlie looks as stupid as he ever has, which I didn't think would be possible. Yeah, it's sort of it's slightly worrying. I don't think we'd even sack McLaren if we got relegated. Like I think he just stay. I think I think Ashley would wouldn't have that. Do you reckon? I think he'd sack them all. <laughs> yeah. You'd hope so, but He's not a man who, who accepts failure. Mediocrity, fine. <laughs> you don't want to be mediocre and bandy about, you know, like not spending any money and just stopping the league. Not a problem. But he doesn't accept people costing them money and he's shown that throughout his business career. You cost him money. He's not your friend, um, in any sense of the any sense of the word. It's mental that he's taking the gamble that he is there by still letting it go on. This late, like obviously he's given them all the money. It's done, isn't it? It's like got all the it's money done. Put. It's like there's even people saying sack them now. Give the manager three weeks to work with the players. Like it's just pointless. Like there's it's done. What's done is done. The squad is the squad. They play the way they play. Yes, a new manager could come in and have a miraculous effect. And I think it's worth the gamble. I think it's worth the gamble. But you know, rarely you look at the statistics for managerial change and this new manager bounce. That's kind of, it's more of a myth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a two in five new managers will 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 kind of get will will have an improvement over the next five games that their pre- predecessor did over the last five games. So it's not really true, and it's just a, and also just the, this this group of players you just don't see a change yeah. of manager not having in, any sort of impact. You, you look also the last time we, we did this last time with eight games to go in uh, 2008 mm, and it didn't work it didn't so that, work. that's probably in the back of Ashley's mind I think Lee Charlie was still like yeah, you'd have to do it this time and actually hire a proper manager no, <laughs> yeah. dis- no disrespect to Alan Shearer but like it was in 2008 Lee Charlie was still probably in the club shop selling shirts like there's the people out there like you'd imagine someone like Moyes would definitely come in and instantly. I don't know, like I don't know if he'd definitely come in. He'd get, well, Here's Graham Carr, Graham David, <laughs> Graham um, David, Graham is your boss, <laughs> <laughs> and picks all of the players. How many times do you want to just say the names? Yeah. Graham David, David Graham, <laughs> Graham David. Uh, so I'm not. Tr- I, I agree with you. It's worth a punt. And if you give him, if you give him, like do a Pulis when he went to Palace and say like million quid was top up. Yeah. Give, give him three million quid. That's why I said give Mourinho, but yeah. uh, doubtless give Mourinho ten million quid if we stop. Loads of people out there like Rogers. I'd even I'd have a go at him. Uh, Benitez. Apparently, his family still live in Liverpool, and he's been eager to come back Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> the UK. He loves, he loves. He uh, loves the trans Pennine. I don't know. Like he just loves uh, the Spanish waiting. Since, <laughs> since, since Idols first down, I think he's not a team. Yeah. <laughs> no, he loves that list Tasket. Was it the uh, Spanish bar you used to go to? Was this? What's it called? Is it the Task or something? There is a Spanish uh, bar called Bar the one next to the ground. Oh, Bar Logo. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> bar Logo is a quality bar. I bet, I bet Rafa loves that. <laughs> uh, right. Any other points bothering about Newcastle United? I don't know if it's even worth it, to be honest. It's just okay, then. Stephen, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen uh, Taylor was, was, was the one. Come. Like, um, I think you said... Colacini and Stephen Taylor to the end of the season even if Mbembo was fit yeah. absolutely not <laughs> um, I want to stick up for him a little bit yeah I'll let you have your oh, it have was your just awful like he was making mistakes and then blaming other people quite aggressively which as you know from my show I, love that. I hate I <laughs> like, love that no it's it's not it's not it's not <laughs> any good like this Pedro's second goal where it just bounced like just goes straight over his head like not schoolboy stuff, is it? It's yeah. not under fifteens. It's just it's village, village football is horrible. Do you not think that they were in just 
you can't even as a professional player playing at Newcastle United haven't been through everything we've been through all the hidings and everything they cannot have expected it to be 3-0 down that quickly against that Chelsea it just wouldn't have passed their mind uh, honestly I genuinely think they would they will have been just like shitting themselves and been like fuck like what the fuck's happened here and it's, it's um, worth I agree with you um, I won't interrupt them for a second but I think a lot of them will have been told at half time don't you fucking dare get sent off <laughs> yeah. like seriously that's yeah. what they said uh, the work, we've lost the game uh, don't you dare get sent off <laughs> I don't even want to see you putting tackles in. Yeah. Just stay as far away from them as yeah. you can. But um, it's it's really. I mean, obviously we were sort of support supportive of Taylor's inclusion last week. Played really well last week, and and he's had one really bad game. I don't want to sort of write him off again just after one bad game. Like everyone had a bad game on that yeah. night, so you can't just say everyone's shit. But what it did show is that I mean, I, I made the point. I'd probably rather see Taylor and Mbemba going forward. Because I think Colicini just showed he's too slow he at this level. Diego tired, Costa yeah. is not a fast striker, and he made him look like Usain Bolt running against him, and then give him the, literally all the space in the world to make the easiest pass through to William for that goal. He just he just looks short, and he's he's not even in the right positions these days, which was always he's he's sort of um, the the one thing you could rely on rely on him. And obviously, it's, he's been a great player over the years because of his positional play. He's never been fast never been good in the air but he was always in the right place he's getting that wrong now he's all over the shop um, I just think as well Taylor obviously he's only had one game back he looked a bit rusty but I, I think Te- Colaccini doesn't have that excuse and he looked as bad as Taylor he looked I think Colaccini he didn't look fit I don't know what was it about yeah, him he's I, blowing, I think he's just, he's just old he's, old he's getting old yeah but he doesn't look like that every game I just, I if he wasn't fit why not start ourselves? That's yeah, what I yeah, want to know. But yeah. it's whether whether that will happen. Or not. The one thing that we hit the way that Chelsea played, they were so direct and yeah. they, were, they were so yeah. fast as well. Like, yeah. but that, that, <laughs> that's what annoyed us as well. As, I mean, I was going on about the formation before. We just we completely left the the defense like up against three of the quickest players in the world. Where we're not a fast defense. Even Yamat's like average speed. Aaron's is the only one that's really got any pace and he doesn't know how to play the fucking position. Yeah. You've got Taylor and Colaccini who were just asking to be run at. In, in the midfield, as I say, Teote, after the game he had last week, was it was the sort of Jekyll and Hyde type thing. It just, he was nowhere really. I don't think he was terrible. It wasn't as bad as some of the players, but it wasn't the performance you'd expect from him. That, that was the type of game where he should have really been putting his foot in, getting around Hazard and Willian and making it difficult for them, but he, ju- he just didn't do that. Shelby was ineffectual because it I wasn't think, his game. I think Teote and Shelby were quite a few times in the first half after his 3 0 were looking across at the bench, looking for direction. Yeah. yeah. Silence. I think, it, I mean, it's obviously all in hindsight now, but we would have been better off dropping Wijnaldum, playing Colback yeah. in a three, and just telling Colback and Teote, just do not let anyone get on. So basically, the formation we've been kicking off yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want Hughes and get Billy Vernon in there as well. <laughs> all five years in front of the in front of the goal, like nobody move and just stop Hazard and Pedro and William yeah. getting in that bit. But do it. it was it's, just, like, it's almost like a five aside side when we used to play better teams than five aside. Rarely, of course. <laughs> um, it just doesn't happen. Does yeah. it? <laughs> we used to be like right. Let them shoot. Yeah, like, let them exactly. shoot from distance. Get yeah. them. Get them. Get them halfway. Get them behind like, them. Don't let them get behind. Let them shoot from distance. And we just don't seem to have that mentality. Nah. Probably because we're already single. And then at least that way, if you're sort of, <laughs> I mean, the, the way we want to play, if you drop deep, that'll push them on. Then you'll then you get to run at their defence. Yeah. With the likes of Sissoko, if you're going to play Wijnaldum, like, they may as well play him with like a three, where you look at it to hit them on the break, and he's good on the ball and good in space. So if you if you allow, invite them on, he's going to get that space, but it was just, he didn't have any space in the world. We didn't have any of the ball. It seems to be getting done on the counter-attack. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea away, but, do, but doing no attacking. Yeah. Does make any sense? Because well, it was just, a bit like watching players out all over your school and just one lad's much better than everyone and you can skin everyone. That was that was just William. Too late. Michael Carlin. Are you <laughs> going to get him on? Christ. We've literally just finished the Newcastle section of the show. Hello, Michael. You're You're on. <laughs> You're, you're, right. you're live, mate, on, on True Faith Weekly <laughs> Podcast. Hello. Do you have anything to add? I know you didn't know what we've just said. Do you have anything to add? Because we've just about finished. <laughs> I can't go <can't> <laughs> I don't know. Give it a go. <laughs> Any, anything about the match? About the match? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what, well, tell, tell us about your weekend, Mickey. What did you get up to? You didn't mention what you were talking about. How was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> 
for that. <laughs> right, thanks for that. Right. I think that's all again. Oh, is, is there anything specific, Mickey, you would like to add to the podcast for the listeners? We can always cut it. Not, not in particular. I think you've probably already covered this, but I think players are so good. I don't know if you're going to play for home. It's just an absolute waste of time. Yes, we'll have, but go on. Let's go over old ground. <laughs> about John Carver coming out I mean he's Newcastle getting beaten a week, on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis is the best news for John Carver because he, he's somehow the go-to man to talk about Newcastle losing games which I suppose he is an expert at but what do you think what do you think what do you think about what he said about Colaccini scathing comments about not being a leader and being quiet too quiet and only playing for himself like I'll, I'll give you my thoughts in a second but what are, what are your thoughts on that do you think that's true? I think you can get <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I was going to say like you basically like we we have a right to as fans, and, and everyone listening to this has a right to an opinion as a fan. And we're obviously broadcasting this because we think people might be interested or share the same opinion, or at least want to hear the other side. John Carver has no right to to, to go on national radio and lambast Colaccini, even if he's if it's right. Um, because he was given the chance to do something about it John Carver had something that we will never have a chance to do something about it and he did nothing which from the stuff we talked about on last season's podcast regarding his television habits golfing habits and basically everything else he did apart from managing a football team uh, watching wrestling yeah so, sounds about right for, for John Carver but you know I mean Maybe he's learned from it. I just think it's. I think dig, going to dig out your captain um, probably tells you about how little standard he has in that dressing room because he obviously doesn't plan on working with any of those players again. I think it's just as you've you've said before. He's just a bitter man, isn't he? He yeah. hates he hates that he failed, and I think he's just he's out to get anybody that he can, and it's just an easy target, um, which obviously we agree with. But as you say, like <laughs> normally you don't get people coming out and scathing people that they've had work relationships with. Um, and you didn't didn't really get the sort of opinion that him and Colachine didn't get on when they were at Newcastle together. I mean, he obviously was the, was the famous incident when he came out and criticised Williamson publicly, but he never did that with Colachini. Um But it just sounds like sour grapes to me that he's he's just trying to stick the knife in and obviously gain a bit of um, sort of relevance really in, into a situation where obviously he's an expert at trying to take Newcastle down. I don't care who our captain is, by the way. Couldn't care. Less. I said the last season podcast. Don't care. Who the, who the captain is leadership on the pitch comes from all sorts of areas and all sorts of places who's Arsenal's captain no idea but they've got they've got Czech they've got Golsheny they've got Mertesaga Monreal moving through the team even even Ozil and Giroud are all leaders they're all people who I know Arsenal fans might disagree but they're all people who you think yeah they're, they're going to get a bag in that dressing room and if it's not good enough they're going to tell their teammates so wearing the captain, captain's arm band or not is pathetic and maybe it says quite a lot about the Newcastle dressing room when the, a former manager like John Carver is placing so much importance on the captain, mm-hmm. doesn't look good. Maybe yeah. I think what, that's maybe what, um, it's maybe journalism as well. Like people shouldn't be going to John Carver and asking him what he thinks because <laughs> nobody gives a shit. They're just asking him because he's he, he's, he's Larry. He's going to say something controversial because he wants he wants people to be talking about him and thinking about him. But they, why don't they ask someone that's relevant? <laughs> yeah. Ask one of the players what the thought happened on the weekend rather than asking John Carver. It was manager for six months and it was disgraceful at him. It was also a massive part of Pardew's filled regime. Um, yeah. I think we're just we, sort of, we shouldn't be hearing anything about John Carver now. We should <laughs> well, probably, I think we're... we're it's, ne- it's idiots like Duggar really bringing him up. I was going to say we're near the borderline where we've been talking about for about three and a half minutes, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to have to move on. Is there anything else you want to say, Mickey, before we finish this section on Newcastle? Um, I think we've covered it all. 
18 days to stew on that. Are we doing Stoke still, lads? <laughs> I'll put it out there. I'm up for it. I'll, I'm no I'll chance. Go, I'm up for it, man. I'll, I'll drive. No chance. Any listeners want to come? I'm driving a six-seater. <laughs> a six-seater taxi. Get yourselves on. Because um, I'm up for it. Because, you know, if we're going down, we may as well be there now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we may as well go down with the ship. When, yeah. you, when are you going to get to go to the Britannia next? Exactly. exactly. It could be years. Real Britannia. Going down Nicky, with thanks for again. in. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Cheers, I'll catch you later. Well, that was nice. Uh, always good to hear from a friend. Property. Yeah. Lads, the Premier League. Uh, I think we're going to have to start with Arsenal. Uh, so who would like to speak to Mike about Arsenal? Ben, so go on, ask away. Uh, Mike, <laughs> definitely not reading this out. Would winning this year's Premier would winning this year's Premier League stand them in good stead for tight challenges in the next few years, or do you reckon it'll bring dangerous complacency? <laughs> well, uh, considering our fucking top of the head, that was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, well done, Ben. Uh, Pull that one out. <laughs> I've been doing a journalism school on uh, Tuesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, it, it's a difficult one because I, I've all, I always seem to be having a pop at Arsenal, and even when they've, uh, they've won a massive game, which is pretty pretty much make it make it nailed on that they have to win the Premier League now um, I'm still going to give a, give a bit of a double-edged sword so I, I, I would worry if I was an Arsenal fan obviously you, you take winning the Premier League all day long as, as they probably will but I think if they win it this year it could be a double-edged sword in, in, in a sense that it would be a, a massive vindication of, of Wenger uh, but not just Wenger but the, the board's approach um, to, to running the club um, I think Great. I mean, I think the fact that the Premier League's it's been just, I mean, everyone's saying it's been great, but it's not been a real strong season, has it? I mean, the fact that Spurs, I mean, they've, they've been good this year, but the fact that they're in for the title, like, nobody would have been saying they should be anywhere near the top four, really challenging for the top four, or maybe fourth at best. Um, obviously, Leicester as well. The fact that they're, they're up there, it just, it just shows that the, the big teams have had such a mare. Like, Arsenal have basically been the only ones that haven't really... Sort of, they lost um, Sanchez for a bit, but they've pretty much had a full strength team all season. Um, they've not really sort of been struggling. They've they've, they've had a, a lot of things going their way, um, and it's just everything seems to be aligning to them. And yet, still, they're not top. Um, it's I, I, it's quite interesting. I mean, we we talked to, about Chelsea at the start of the season about complacency. And you can see sort of Arsenal falling into a similar sort of trap. Whereas you say, if, if they do win it, um, and I think they probably don't even necessarily need to win it to fall into because it's just what Wenger does, isn't it? I think they just they'll they'll not strengthen on this team because they'll think, well, we're so close this time if they don't win it, or or we, we won it this year because we had Sanchez and Özil that actually we don't need we don't need to go out and, and spend another fifty million wasting it on another player that might not make work like any sort of better. Um, so I mean it, it'll be interesting to see in the summer what, what Arsenal do I think it's irrelevant whether they win it or not I think he, he'll justify it whatever way which way he can by saying oh well we've got really close this year we'll, we'll be better next year but it's the same same story from Wenger every year I'm just going to echo that like Mike they could finish four, fourth or first and Wenger won't change this is a bloke who a couple of weeks ago I can't remember which manager he was kicking off about but um, he considers the last 10 years uh, at Arsenal to to be at the very top of the game well no, mate, no you haven't you haven't, you haven't finished in the top two so 
that, 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 this is clearly that's his mentality is like if you finish in the top four it is the elite mm-hmm. um, finishing first or second is is kind of just just, yeah, the I'm sure you'd like to yeah, I'm sure you'd like to but I think yeah you've said you've put it well and I just want to say um, I think can I just say just on top of that the fact that they, you, they, they're always going about Arsenal's consistency over the years in the Champions League and things like that is it something like 15 or 16 quarterfinals Second yet rounds. they've been to one Final. Like one final, one final, and one semi, <laughs> and it's like but Mike. Um, that's just him all over. When you say it's, I don't, I don't know if it was you, Ben, who said, or was it you, Mike, saying they probably will win the league? I wouldn't be so sure of that. Obviously, they've got Leicester. Have got very few games until the end of the season. Arsenal are still in the FA Cup. They are still in the Champions League, and they've got they've got to go to um, Man City. They've got really. They've got to go Spurs. to Spurs. They've got to go to Old Trafford. Uh, do you really see this as being a foregone conclusion? Because Arsenal. Just like those livable South Africans, apart from this time. Um, <laughs> love a choke. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, I think that it is there to the taking. Um, it's not nailed up, but I think it definitely is. You say Man City away, to be fair, at the moment, that's not the most uh, imposing fixture away from home. United as well. Uh, I just think, yeah, Arsenal will go out in the Champions League in the round as well, so they'll take a few games there. Um, I, I, I just think that it's. I don't think Leicester will fade away. Um, certainly now they've got Danny Simpson suspended for a few games that should give them a better chance. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a funny... I think, uh, sorry, Mike, sorry, Mike, go on. Sorry, go on, go on. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, well, it's not that... Uh, I, 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 even I would have confidence in Arsenal um, pulling pull this off now. I, I, I don't think um, Man City away shouldn't really hold um, too much fear for them at the moment. Um, uh, I think likewise United away. Um, Arsenal should um, kick on with the confidence now where it should just win this league confidence. Yeah, I saw a funny tweet yesterday saying uh, <laughs> Danny, Danny Simpson spent so long bagging off at Newcastle from the fullback he ended up in Leicester. <laughs> uh, but I, I just thought I just thought those two bookings I agree with you Ronnie Ari I just thought they were so soft. I mean so some of the the challenges that you see go unpunished and I yeah, think yeah. I think you could argue that he's probably one of them is going to end up booting to have both of those fouls given as, as Bugans and to receive a second yellow. I just I just always poor by the referee because it ruined a good game. Yeah, um, and, and, and it, it was still a good game after that, but it turned into attack uh, attack v defence. And listen, it's one of those things that if it's against your team, you're howling, you're going absolutely nuts. Where you're standing up, screaming all sorts of abuse at the ref, going nuts, and you're, you're coming on your podcast kicking off about it <laughs> because if it's your team. But I don't. I just think. Um, I just thought it was poor referee in Parkinson. I thought. I thought he. I thought he refed the whole game badly. Actually, I thought he. Arsenal should have had a free kick in the run up to Vardy's penalty, which was a pen. Um, and yeah, I, I just. I just thought he refed the game badly. But I don't I, know. there was a few challenges. I thought that you would think, oh, that's that's a booking there. And he just, as he said, he was letting things go, and then yeah. and then sort of booking the the like little like tugs and things like that. They just aren't really. It's not necessary. Yeah, on Ramsey. Yeah, also, also Koscielny on um, Koscielny on Kante was he was he was he was, he was two weeks late. Probably <laughs> he was so late. On, uh, Mike, time to put your balls on the line. What's more likely to happen? Arsenal win the league or Brentford get relegated? <laughs> Banter. Arsenal. I, I think I think that's a little Arsenal win the league. Uh, Brentford won me round this season. That that will be. Oh, they're definitely. I'm putting money on them to go down in the season. <laughs> uh, finally, before we want to Man City, I just want to ask Bolland. Bolland, um, obviously, you're not a fan of Jamie Vardy, no. uh, but but actually, there was another player that stood the line like this weekend. A little known player called Luis Suarez scored Is that a penalty. How you say it? Yeah, I think I don't know if you've heard of him, Bolland, but he scored uh, quite the exceptional penalty. Uh, you probably, you probably, had to, it's probably didn't even make the papers. Was it three, no, three, three goals and two assists? I or think something? he's got thirty-nine goals uh, this season. If, if, if Messi hadn't been in it, then no one, no one would have been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Mike about Man City. Um, so another question off the top of my head: um, How can they seem, <laughs> how can they seem to lack uh, strength and depth when they spent so much money? Would you be disappointed if they? With what they've won since the takeover, okay, hell, you're literally fast. just like, <laughs> that's like your year eight reading voice. And you have to like read a paragraph of the Killer Mockingbird on the class, and it's like, how can they seem to lack strength in depth? That they have <laughs> lack, so much. Lack. Would you be disappointed with that they've won since the takeover if you were a City fan? It just flows so naturally, doesn't it? <laughs> like it was there. Uh... Go on, Mike. Answer the bloody question. Uh, uh, I was going to say I've been caught a bit cold by this. I've done, I've done a prep for that one. 
see a change next season with the types of player they buy and it'll be more structured around the way that Guardiola wants to play and they'll probably spend an awful lot of money doing it I'd love it if they failed so much there's just <laughs> nothing that would make me happier than Man City failing next season more than Arsenal not making the top four this season um, would be would be Man City just everyone long term listeners of the pod know me thoughts on Man City's scandalous ownership model um, but you're right though Mike and Bolland that there's no plan because they're not a big club, really, and because they're because they're very like it's new money and new fans. You know, the city of Manchester, the, the, the Manchester City have always retained a good support for the for the level they play. That's so I'm not I'm not saying they're a small club or anything, but they're, they're not. They're, they're trying to dine at the table with the likes of uh, the the superpowers of Europe, and they're just not there. And it's so obvious they're not there. They pay massively inflated wages for players who are good enough for these sides but Mike as you say the amount of money they've spent it's almost like it's a little bit like they have to spend a fortune just to get players to come because they're not Man United um, and I just I don't know I'd love it if, if Guardiola failed because it's it's just boring like I think we're going to do a, a podcast this in the next couple of weeks or so about the Premier League as a whole and, and, and the direction it's going but um, on your point there Mike about retaining titles I think you're right you've got to look at Man City won a league championship Basically, they were gone with their games to go, and they deserve credit. But man, you fucked up massively. They won a championship on goal difference, and they won a championship because Steven Gerrard fell over. Like, is that really what your three billion pound investment gets you? They seem to me to um, demand for Man City's tickets in the league wasn't that big, but you know we need to have a bigger stadium. Or well, okay, the man, you know Manchester City, the area obviously Greater Manchester. It's a big area, there's a lot of kids, but we'll we'll have a new academy building built less than 10 years ago no no we need the best academy building in Europe and all of these are very admirable objectives by themselves but when, when you see what they're actually doing it's it's a lot of what's the right word plagiarism they're basically trying to plagiarise a big club in, in look right that's what Barcelona do so we should do that well that's what Real Madrid should do so we should yeah. do that rather than having any kind of their own philosophy, philosophy thing and okay what are we good at what are the strengths of this area what are the strengths of this club and this team it seems to be very like like Bond says going after two lads from Barcelona who've never 
seemingly had any um, experience of Premier League football, and Mike, as you say, the transfer record, the money spent from I forget the, the two the two guys' names who are who are running the club essentially just doesn't stack up, and it's very poor. Um, and finally, on Man City, Mike, uh, I think when you're talking about the, the class of a, a side is retaining the title, I think Man City could do worse than to look at the winners of the JJB 2005-2006 back-to-back seasons, uh, Barca boys, because we'll, we'll manage to retain the under-16 title with something to spare. Despite all of them being about <laughs> 19 or 20 at the time, it was a phenomenal feat. Born in uh, 1988, you do the last. <laughs> I just want to ask you a question. <laughs> I am here, Man City. If, if they're willing to pay the right price, which they are, um, I'm here. It might not be good advice. But it seems to have translated a little bit down to their fans that it's like they're not really sure that they're a big club yet. <laughs> like Champions League nights, that place is still like half empty. It's oh, a, it's yeah. a well, there's, a, there's a really good song the Man, say, Man United fans sing. I don't really like Man United fans at all. They're away fans, away sports. It's, it's it's very exaggerated, but. It's uh, like the city is yours. The city is yours. Ten thousand empty seats. Are you fucking sure? <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got a good ring to it. I just want to just talking about your consultancy role there, Dodsy. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on on uh, the sort of PR of the I club. Start, I started charging when the podcast started. Oh, so. it's okay. <laughs> just just how do you think that the club's being run? Um, <laughs> you got any comments on that? Well, forty-four minutes in, and anyone who's listened before knows me thoughts on the fact that a um, regime which you know, doesn't allow women to speak in society still Waiting being gay is knowledge. illegal in their country yet everyone just accepts the fact that they put billions into an English football club so it's okay they shouldn't be allowed in the country man anyway <laughs> ah, that's interesting interesting I was still thinking about the two Man City fans in a pub wondering whether or not the Champions League game is for real or whether it's just a gag I was like well, are we really playing Barcelona no 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 it's Man United let's just stay in do you get that no. On that note, uh, Mike or Ben, Mike, do, do, where, where, go on. Where do you think? Uh, where do you think City will finish this season? Do you think the the top four's there? I mean, they've still got Man United to play. They've still got quite a few difficult games left. Man, you're only six points off. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they'll, they'll have a way of finish, finish top, top four. Um, yeah, they've got they've got the Well, that brings us last to Southampton going under the radar, uh, having a very good season, very quietly. Um, do you think people get too transfixed on the players they've lost and that, the impact that's had compared to the way they've reacted to that? Yeah, well, I, th- I think so. If you look at, um, obviously everyone's been talking about the likes of West Ham this season, uh, and Palace earlier in the season, and uh, bigger those sorts of clubs up. If you look at Cumin at Southampton, they finished. really really 
best keeper in the league yeah. in my opinion honestly he's the best keeper in the league yeah I'd probably agree with that um, I think he's going to be and look if he doesn't get the number one shirt at the Euros but you're not, you're not he won't because of yeah. Joe Hart he won't really yeah. no, it'll, be, it'll be interesting also for the Euros um, how many strikers he picks because you think Storage, Welbeck, Vardy and Kane like normally you take four strikers yeah, yeah, yeah. to a tournament but obviously Rooney's going to go Charlie Austin on so I've had Charlie Austin to come back to fitness as well yeah, I think I think he played it at the weekend. Yeah, I think he played in yeah. twenty minutes or so. Yeah, Andy Carroll as well potentially. <laughs> War, Andy, big Andy. War big Andy is your uh, your target man. Yeah, um, he did so well at the last years as well. He did, he did. Smash, I was there with Solomon Bedden. We did. I didn't cheer when he scored. Yeah, now I was still still angry about. I it, was going <laughs> fucking mental. We are. Uh, we scored five thousand oh, England fans in the stadium in Kiev. Great night. Likewise, uh, with one other England fan, <laughs> ten thousand Ukrainian like neutrals who weren't really interested. Out of interest, who would you take? You could take four. Who do you take? Oh, not Rooney. The first four I said. You don't take Rooney. I, I would. I would take. Footballer, but I think you just got to assume that Rooney will go though. I would take England. Of course, good. I wouldn't take Welbeck. Yeah, yeah, I think Welbeck would be the one for me as well. Just pace though, it's like. But you've got that in Sturridge. I think Sturridge is a better player. Danny Welbeck is a poor man. Sturridge, you can't finish. Um, at least Rooney's got a bit more like to his game. He's like. Vardy's got plenty of I think Rooney I think what's killing Rooney is he's playing in a shite shite team <laughs> with shite shite like a shite shite manager and it's just he's absolutely mullered and he's got no like put put the pace around Rooney Sterling Sturridge Vardy he'll find them in space Sturridge is one who's fucking just you wouldn't take one coming for Sturridge yeah no sorry <laughs> Sterling I always Sterling. do this don't I but yeah. Do, yeah that's the thing Sterling is probably being lucky but I, I just think we've got some really good young players who Ron Rooney could bring the best out of Rooney. Um, well, whatever happens, I'm not seeing any of this because yeah. I'm in America uh, with work. Sure. Right, so that's it for this week. We've gone on long enough. Uh, that was True Faith Weekly Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod. Thanks to everyone who's left us iTunes reviews. It massively helps because it means the podcast's easier to find and comes up and searches more on that. So we'll be back we'll Friday with the radio show. Bob, you're probably doing that by yourself because I've got to work and Ben can't do it. Oh, well. Mickey and Sire just dead unreliable. <laughs> Can I get some guests? What were we doing the quiz? Was oh the yeah, <laughs> do, do it, do it, do it by yourself. Sir. Quiz is cancelled this Friday. I, I've got to work. Uh, Can we not just do the quiz. Yeah, but I've got to write it then. And I've so done it before. We could, we could write it. <laughs> good luck the but last yeah. time we tried to write it Doug ended up doing 50 questions yeah, himself they got, they got last minute we haven't done the questions can you please do some questions really well luckily I've got a spare quiz <laughs> saved for like I think I scooped together about 7 questions which then when I put them to Doug he absolutely lambasted just blitzed them <laughs> out of the water right thanks for listening cheers Mike whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.